0: The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality
1: and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now
0: offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and
1: appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Thank <laughs> Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a fantastic morning outside, folks? We're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour or so. It's a perfect day to do it, too. Perfect weekend here in the South. December the 1st. sunny and warm, and everything's ready to go. I'm horticulturist Felda Rushing. Welcome to our garden party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, our, the Rolling Stones of Cucumbers, I've been called. Our producer is the awesome Java Chapman. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Coming up today's first... First Of December, actually, we're going to call it uh, Mr. Okra. We got emails, we got answers to your problems. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? If you don't, stay tuned because we could be playing a nice little tune, sending my listener in about 15 or 20 minutes. Anyway, I'm going to be talking about gardening. It's live here, so sit back, relax while we do some news. We'll come back and do nothing but talk with you about what's going on in your December garden. This is an
2: MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Doki folks, welcome back. Horticulture's is filled rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. And I know a lot of people don't have a lot of gardening on their minds right now. What with the Thanksgiving holiday just passed and the, the Christmas and Hanukkah season coming up. But if you want to talk about it, there's all sorts of stuff we can do. I mean, right now, I've, I've last night when it got dark, I finally went in after digging a little little flower bed about the size of an average coffee table, I guess. Uh, new place in my front yard. It had just monkey grass and a bunch of weedy vines and stuff. So what I did was I dug up the vines, pulled out as many as I could, sifted the dirt, dug it a shovel's depth, turned it over a couple of times, and and you know, after the first time, it's actually pretty easy. And then I got out as many roots and stuff as I could. Added a little compost, add a little uh, cheap potting soil, stirred it all together, dug it two or three times, made it nice and creamy. Covered it with some bark mulch, and today I'm gonna plant me some violas and some uh, maybe some pansies, some ornamental kale, and uh, stick a few little uh, uh, bulbs in here and there just for some spring color. And it was easy to do. Once you do it right, you're done for good. And from next spring, when the pansies and violas and stuff peter out, I just pull them up and stick some summertime stuff in their holes, throw some more mulch, and I'm ready to go. Anyway, it was. It really, it really sounds both hard and easy at the same time. And truth is it was both hard and easy, but that's what gardening is like. If you do it right the first time though, it's not nearly so bad the second time and from then on. Anyway, if you want to talk about what's going on in your garden, we have lots and lots and lots of time to, to talk about it. I don't really have any announcements of, of, of events going on that right now. Um, because I guess most people are winding down their garden clubs and the Master Garden events and stuff like that. No flower shows. But I did do something really interesting last night. Those of you in central Mississippi or anywhere looking for a road trip, coming up down the Trace, the fall colors are beautiful. And uh been from north Mississippi to the coast and back and uh, over to Alabama, Louisiana, and things are looking good right now. But if you're headed toward Jackson, there's a real special event. Went to the preview last night. It's the uh, Mississippi Craftsman uh, uh, Guild annual event called Chimneyville. Chimneyville is where uh, real artists or real craftsmen get together and sell things that they that they hand make. And there's some really, really cool stuff. A lot of my old friends, I've known them for literally decades. I'm uh, talking to Andrew Young. Andy Young has uh, Pearl River Glass Studio. He did the big glass, colorful glass plates that I've got suspended in my front garden. Does stained glass. All over the place and fancy, fancy stuff, including for the garden. And he was showing me some of his newest uh, creation last night: flower vases that are just incredible. It's Just incredible. And Also met a, a gal, young young woman from uh, Thailand who lives in Vicksburg now, and she, she's called Pia's Petals. Pia makes flowers out of clay. They feel like they're made out of out of uh, of um, uh, ceramic. You know, it's hardened clay, but the flowers are. Astounding! I could go through there, and I don't know the names of orchids and stuff, but I could name the different kinds of flowers that are familiar with, and they were spot on. Unbelievable attention to detail, little small things, nice big things, but beautiful things. Uh, Pick and Paul Pottery from uh, up in Madison. I got some of their, their work in my garden. Uh, Smith County Pine Needle Baskets, you know, they make the most intricate baskets you can possibly, well, beyond what you can imagine. Uh, Thompson Farm Gourds, uh, makers of the famous Thunder Gourd, uh, Whimsical Iron Art. There's so many things out there. Um, there's a fellow making uh, knives and things out of uh, out of b- bones and things. Anyway, these are the kind of things that I have in my home and in my garden there Made by real people who spend most of their year finely crafting nice little artistic things that are both useful for wooden spoons to ornate like uh, nice glass uh, garden sculptures. If you get a chance, it's at the trademark building. Uh, down in Jackson. I'm not paid to talk about all this. It's just something that I thought you might enjoy doing. It's open today, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if you wander through there, if you're running something you like, tell them Felder said, hey. Cause a lot of them are old, old friends of mine. Um, and We work together to try to help bring a little bit of calmness and serenity and beauty and excitement to the world. Anyway, that's going to be at the Crafts- the Craftsman's Guild thing called Chimneyville. It's at the trademark building at the Mississippi... Fairgrounds right off of High Street an I-55. and I 55. Hope you get a chance to go by that. Yes, sir.
3: And right now, MPB. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I just about to say. You read my mind. MPB is down there with the booth, so you can see. Uh, I think. If my memory serves me correctly, Kevin Farrell, who's usually our phone screener yep. during this time, he's down there right now, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. So yeah, I saw know. Claudia last
1: <laughs> night, and it's a good—it's an artistic-looking booth.
3: Okay, there well, <laughs> we go. Well, yeah, MPB is down there in full full force.
1: Yep, and stop by and tell them. Tell them, Feller said, and Java. Tell them Java said, hey, that's mo better. Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free. Give uh it's real simple. 877-1877 MPB, which stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring, R-I-N-G. 1877 MPB Ring. Let's talk about what's going on in your garden right now cuz I know there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh this past week, uh when I got off the uh, we, because we were off of the uh the uh the holidays, Thanksgiving. I went down to New Orleans, stayed at a funky little place, little little B and B downtown, and I meandered around looking at a lot of different kinds of stuff and tropical plants and the way they do all the colorful houses and all. Went to an art studio, the people who invented the phrase be nice or leave. And I've got some of their stuff in my garden. Uh but also went over to New Iberia, Louisiana, which is south and southwest of New Orleans. You gotta be going there. To get there, because it's the only thing it's on the way to is the Gulf Coast. But New Iberia is an is an old town, a nice quaint little place with some uh, some older houses and all. But right outside is a is a salt dome called Avery Island. You know, it's got one of the largest concentrations of salt, hard rock salt on earth. And over the millennia, uh, the pressures of it pushed it up. It's uh, oh, a couple of three miles across and maybe uh, four or five, 600 feet high in the middle. But Avery Island is where they have this thing called jungle gardens. I've been there several times. Jungle gardens, kind of subtropical thing with all the camellias and bananas and things like that. Full fruited bananas right now and oranges and, and uh, satsumas. But also it's where Tabasco is made. The McElhenney family, since the 1860s, they've been making uh, the the best sauce I put on anything. Um, and they make it from just peppers, salt, vinegar. And that's all they do. They pick these peppers, use it a red stick to show what color they want to pick them. They mash them down with a little bit of salt, age them for three years in old Jack Daniels whiskey barrels, and then they mix, strain it and mix it with a little, um, little vinegar. And I carry a bottle with me literally. All over the world, literally all over the world, because you can get ketchup any place, you can get eggs, you can get uh, almost anything anywhere, but sometimes you got to bring your own Tabasco sauce. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, we're gonna be talking about anything that's on your gardening mind this morning. Uh, it's real easy. What? 877 MPB ring. I'd like to find out what you got going on right now. Last week I talked about my new big bottle two weeks ago I talked about my new big bottle tree. I've got a a, a couple of three dozen people who want me to send a picture. If you'd like to send a picture of of your bottle tree, do it. Garden at MPB Online. Dot org. I'll send you a picture of my big tree. I just got a, I, I, I've been too busy doing other stuff in the garden to really get around to taking a nice picture in the right light, but I think I finally got one. I think it's the tallest bottle tree in Mississippi. Not sure. Not as tall as one at the Huntsville Botanic Garden, which is about 22 feet tall. Mine tops out a little bit over 17 feet, made of an old cedar tree with holes drilled in the limbs and pieces of rebar and big old bottles stuck all over it. i got a blinking light here, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to push it or not.
3: Yeah, you can push it. It's Jim from Jackson, and he's on the line. I want to talk to you this morning.
1: All righty. Hey, Jim, how are you this morning? Hello, Felder. Jim
4: Rosenblatt oh, here. Oh, hey. Still getting peppers and tomatoes, but yeah. I have a question about your hot pepper uh, column in the paper today. Yeah? Uh, can you put, is it possible to plant green peppers, sweet peppers, and hot peppers in the same area, or will the hot peppers cause your green peppers
1: to be hot? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a little of both. Well, the hot peppers will cause the green, the, the sweet peppers to be hot, but the seeds will have some, if they get pollen from the hot peppers, the seeds, that little white membrane around the seed can be kind of hot. But that's that's the only thing that will be hot is the seeds, that little white membrane. You know, when you cut a pepper open, that stuff that holds the seeds in there. Right. might, might want to peel that out unless you just like to grin when you eat because a little heat doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs>
4: So you can grow them both together
1: then? That's right, that's right. There'll be some cross-pollination, but it only affects the seeds and that little membrane
3: right right around the seed.
1: Okay, thanks so much. Great question, Dean. See ya. All right, bye.
3: All right. So you you wrote a column about peppers this
1: morning? Yeah, you know, I write for the Clearing Ledger and it's not their, own, their online version, it's just just their print version, but uh, I wrote about the Tabasco pepper and the history of the the Tabascos and how they got started. It's a real unusual interesting story, interesting family. They've been doing this for five generations. You know, and Tabasco has made it to the space station. Uh, it's in like almost two hundred, hundred and eighty-five or one hundred and ninety countries. Uh, it's got the seal of approval of the Queen of England. It's the only hot pepper that the that the British monarchy has endorsed. But also, it's uh, it's a little small miniature bottles are in a, a whole lot of the MREs, are, uh, ready to eat meals in military. So anybody's been in the military from the '60s on knows about that little bottle of Tabasco. It will it will light you up. Uh, anyway, give us a call, one mpb ring uh, This past week I also planted some Camellia Sasanquas. I want to put a Camellia japonica out pretty soon. It's camellia japonica has got bigger leaves, big flowers They bloom in uh, the late winter and spring. But the Camellia Sasanquas are in full bloom right now. They're incredibly durable tough plants that bring some color to the south in a time when our friends up north have got undulating mounds in the snow. I'm Horticulture's horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. If you give me a call at one eight seven seven mpb we'll talk about what's going on in your garden. We'll be right back after this. This
2: is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Oh, you know, folks, welcome back. I want to throw out a little little proud thing of the state of Mississippi. We've got uh, some folks down in Popperville, Mississippi, who have a uh, a farm. It's uh, Don... uh, Van Vandeworken and Jeff Brown, they have a um, a tea farm. They actually grow Camellia sinensis, what all the tea in China is made from. Uh, it's called J.D. Farm down in Popperville. And uh, they grow and they plant and they harvest uh, tea and blueberries. But anyway, the reason I want to mention that, because uh, they said that sort of got inspired to do this from listening to the Gestalt Gardener some years ago. I'm not sure how we're going to get them on here. But anyway, the nice part about it is the uh, there's a... Uh, 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 a program called Good Agriculture Practices. Good Agriculture Practices, and the JD Farms, which makes tea grown here in Mississippi, is the first USDA Good um, uh, Agriculture Practices certified tea farm in the country so we got a really really cool little thing going on in there i also swung by visited with the folks at bass pecans out from raymond mississippi looked at their their trees and t- talked about the pecan harvest swung by and talked to my friend uh herbie austin at hutto's uh pecans are starting to you know they're starting to slow down for some reason all the the pecans have been harvested a little bit early this year if you got pecans uh now's the time to pick them up before the rain set in maybe next week but pecans a uh, native crop have got an astounding 3,500 3, calories per pound, which is good because the stuff runs for $10, $12 a, a pound once they're, once they're shucked, uh, shelled, cleaned, and all that. Uh, when I was a kid, I was paid a nickel a pound to pick up pecans in the family pecan orchard, nickel a pound. That was a lot of money back in the day. Anyway, uh, it's good to, good to have horticulture programs like blueberries, pecans, tea, uh, doing so well uh, here in here in mississippi let's go down to waveland to the coast and talk with ann good morning Ann. how are you
5: i'm great thanks good what's up I, I wonder if you could recommend i wanted to plant a tree in my yard like an evergreen tree that during the holiday season we could decorate like an outdoor christmas tree
1: well sure um you know one of the things to think about would be doing a holly tree uh, there's a type of holly that's called Foster's holly. It's a nice evergreen. It's got leaves shaped like your little finger. They're long and thin, deep green, and they have clusters of real pretty uh, red berries without having to be pollinated by another one. But they're they're naturally kind of Christmas tree shaped, and they're you know they never get really too big like a cedar tree or something. You could plant a cedar tree every every uh, eight or ten years and have a new one coming along, and they'd be great, and they grow great in Waveland. But between a regular old cedar tree. Uh, that's going to be easy to decorate, and the foster holly. Those could be about your best, you know. And, you you know, you could also do something a little bit different and plant your crepe myrtle, you know, and and have it with all sorts of ornaments on. There's nothing wrong with a, a deciduous tree being decorated for Christmas. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Well, that's a good start. And if uh, you know, there might be some other folks who have good ideas. One I would avoid, though. They sell this plant, uh, and they actually grow it as a Christmas tree. Um, but it's called uh oh, I'm drawing a total blank. The great big tree evergreen. I-, I tell you, if you'll stay tuned, I'll tell you one to avoid. Okay. I just can't I think. Of, I can't think of the name of it right now. But anyway, it gets too big too fast, and it gets root rot and dies. Okay. I'm trying to blank. Anyway, stay stay tuned, and I'll get my wits back in a minute, Dan. Okay, thank you. Thank you. What would it be? Let's go to Louisiana. Tim, where are you in Louisiana?
4: By your bone ID.
1: Man, oh, man, you are surrounded by some sugar cane, aren't you?
4: No, 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 no. I'm surrounded by corn and soybeans.
1: Oh, you must be up, up north.
4: Yes, sir. I'm eighteen miles south of Arkansas.
1: Okay, yep, 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 yep.
4: Thirty seven miles west of the Mississippi.
1: Okay, so so you're 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 right at the edge of the Delta though. So what's up, man? What can help you with?
4: Um one years ago I was down at Avery Island and I saw uh guadula bamboo, you know? Yep. That's seven inch stuff. And I'd like it's a clumping bamboo. Yeah. And I'd like to get some of that. I wonder if you know where I can get it.
1: Well you can order bamboo there's several places online uh there's there's actually a bamboo uh growers association I want to say there's one called bamboo dot com or something anyway if All you right. just but you know start there and uh and then look around for the price keep in mind though uh you know where you are clumping bamboo will will take a normal winter we haven't had a normal winter for a long time, If you have a really hard winter uh we i was raised with a clumping bamboo right across Mississippi river from you and uh uh-huh. and it it uh If we have a really hard winter, it can get killed down the ground and have to start back over again. But that just means you cut it down and use it and then take it from there. That's right. But clump bamboos are uh, susceptible to a really hard freeze.
4: Yes. And, you know, one of the things the uh, McElhinneys are responsible for is Nutra.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. They started out wanting to grow those for food, I think, or pelts or something.
4: No, they wanted to feed them to their alligators. They are <laughs> alligator farmers, and they were they were hiring people to to catch muskrats for them. But they run out of muskrats, so they brought in the nutria.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, Macallenes, because now we got yeah. them. Yes, <laughs> Any, and
4: seven dollars a tail,
1: and seven dollars a tail uh, for 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 people who who are catching them to 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 get rid of them.
4: Yes, when I was a child, I, I I I trapped them and I only got fifty cents for a pelt.
1: <laughs> well, but you I know, bought
4: my first pair of Converse, to, uh, of, uh, high boy Converse's, you know, made for them with 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 pelt.
1: You know that that's the story only Southerner can come up with. By the way, we have a lot of people listening who may not know what a nutria is, and I can describe it, but why don't you?
4: Okay. Um, they 're like a beaver with a round tail they 're vegetarians and they 're very tasty. I highly recommend them
1: they 're big um, though they look like big rats
4: they look like- they, they look like a beaver with a rat tail,
1: <laughs> yeah and you uh know?
4: well it, it's a you know, yeah, but they 're very good you know
1: yep yeah, well
4: i 'm telling you i 'm telling you you know we we've missed out we we could have been eating
1: them. Well, listen, I was raised eating squirrels, so let's let's just leave it that, yeah. my friend.
4: And we got some coons smoking for this weekend.
1: All right, it tastes like roast beef. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it, man. All right. Have
4: a good
6: day. All Peace right, out.
1: appreciate it. Peace out. Let's go down to Fairhope, Louisiana. Hey, Mary, how are you this morning? I'm just fine, thank you. Good. What's up?
6: Well, I thought I'd share a little story about Avery Allen. My Avery Allen, my husband had terrible sinus trouble, and he went down there and being invited to go and he saw they had a big thing that shot the salt up in the air so that the air was just absolutely full of salt. And he'd been there about half an hour, and breathing all that in, his whole head opened up. The pain was gone. He thought, I'm just going to have to get out of here because, you know, I can't stop the stuff leaking. Uh-huh. <laughs> about a half an hour later, he thought, I have hit paradise.
1: <laughs> you know, I <laughs> that guess that's, my problem. that's an original saline solution, huh?
6: Yeah, exactly. So he he was very happy there and not happy when he had to leave, but he did. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to mention to you is this gentleman here in Fairhope who um, supervises the museum, the city museum, history museum, Uh and he grows tea. He has a tea farm, and he's doing it on a fairly big scale and apparently has been studying it for 30 or 40 years.
1: His name is Donnie Barrett. I wish you'd send me some contact information about him. I'd I'd like to, because I'm down in Fairhope every every now and then. i love to swing by and visit with him.
6: Well, good. Uh, He's right there in the museum. Okay, but... You you know where the police station
1: is. No, I I don't. You know, I've been down, down, you know, if you're from Fairhope, Kent Schwartz, who takes care of the grounds here at Faulkner State Community College, he was my college roommate. Uh uh-huh. But that's about as far as I go. But anyway, that's a that's a good start. I'm gonna and see you what I'm. Stayed I can out
6: of the police station.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I try to stay out of the police station. That's right. Looking like okay. I look, I just try to keep it nice and straight and narrow.
6: I try to send you
1: something uh, in an email. Appreciate it, Mary. Thank you so much. Bye. All righty. And before we go to this next music, the the music by the way is an extra special. I want to stay in Fairhope and talk with Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Good morning.
7: Hey. Um, I'm calling because I, we we had to take down – we had to cut down like four or five very large Sasanquas, uh-huh. and um, I measured one of the trunks just now, and it was about 18 inches. Uh-huh. And so I wanted – they're along a fence line, um, and there's Sasanquas on either side of them right. that are still alive, but I'd like to replace them and i don't know how to um i don't know if i have to, if i can just plant a bush you know right next to where the tree was or if i have to dig up all the roots um well, or I, and then you know can you plant a new tree right next to a large old one just
1: and leave all those roots in the ground. This is something, uh, Lisa, that I have to do myself. Uh, last week, I, I redid a flower bed in my front yard that had a, a big tree. I could not put four hands around it, and I cut it down. And I used a chainsaw, literally, to get out the big roots going out from the trunk. But I, I had to leave the trunk because I just can't get to it. Uh, what's going to happen if you can, you know, if you can cut it down and, and you know get the it, it, as many of the the few big roots that run sideways have them chopped out. Uh, and then work up, work around the old stump. That'd be a whole lot better. The reason is, at least, is because over the years, as those roots decompose, which they're going to do, they're not made out of pressure-treated wood, they're going to basically cave in. You're going to have root-shaped holes in that whole area, and it'll sink in. So if you could have somebody cut away from the trunk uh, some of the, you know, the shallow roots, the ones that are, you know, Kind of, you know, big around as your,
7: yeah. as your,
1: you know, some of the big um, well, ones, and I'm, pull them up. I'm
7: wondering if I'm going to be cutting the roots of the um, trees no, next no,
1: no, no, to no, no. them. It uh, was, go, a, it, go, was a he- it was a it was a row, a hedge. Go, go, a yeah, go right out from the trunk, and cut all straight or straight around the trunk, and you'll find where the there'll be four or five or six big roots going out from that trunk. Okay. And just cut them and then pull them up, pull them up and away from the trunk as far as you can, then just break them off or cut them off. And then work up the dirt right around there and replant. Because if you don't, again, whatever you plant there, it's going to run into trouble down the road okay. as those old roots decompose.
7: So how big of an area does it need to be cleared then, like uh, three not, feet?
1: Not, or? Yeah, yeah not, not that big an area. The main thing, you okay. want to be able to be Able to dig a, a a big deep enough hole to plant something new. What you oh, gonna, what okay. you going to plant there?
7: Susanquas. I want to replace them.
1: Okay. When you start trying to replace, this is just unsolicited advice from a guy who's worked with landscapes for decades. When you try to re, when you try to replace things, it's going to disappoint you. So what you might want to think about doing is plant something completely different that complements the trees that are there. You know that that instead of trying to match it, trying to complement it. Or else, in front of okay. all three of them, plant just some new ones, all the same size, right. in front of the existing well, ones.
7: we have some small ones that have popped up. I guess they just grew on there, you know, from the yeah the seeds or something. Yeah, so we but got this, some small ones in there. They're it's it's up against a the fence,
1: but it's up against a yeah. fence, right? um yeah well see you can come out in front of all three of the big ones and plant you some new ones and then you know as they grow up you know the older ones will sort of be like their mama and papa trees okay. and then when when they eventually peter out you'll have a whole row of new things already in front that way you can keep it somewhat uniform and you okay. won't have to worry about all those roots and stuff you know come out you know just four or five feet well, out in front the dr- of them
7: that's the driveway the driveways.
1: Not, but two feet out oh. from the trunk, yeah, that's gonna yeah. be tough i i would i would have somebody, i would have some if you don't have any more room than that uh Lisa, I would have somebody come over and uh and and cut and try to pull up the you know okay you're going to need more more root more dirt than that, so I would have somebody try to get the old trunk up
7: okay, it's not going to be okay. easy, but well, pay pay somebody no. to do it they
1: can do it twenty five thirty bucks
7: okay, oh okay, well, thank you very much okay. I
1: appreciate it good luck on it- thank you. P- appreciate it. Thank you. Like I said, down in New Orleans this past weekend, and uh, and there's a uh, uh, incidentally uh, Lisa Potts, who's a listener. She sent me some cheesy music suggestion of a trombone man, trombone band. He used to play trombone in the Navy band, trombone band named Bonarama, and they did an homage to a fellow named Mister Okra from New Orleans, Uh, Mister Okra. Uh, named Arthur Robinson, Uh, he drives an old hand-painted Ford F-150 like I've got Colorfully painted, he drives all these older neighborhoods. He has boxes full of fruits and vegetables for sale, and and uh, he announces whatever he's got that day over a PA system a rigged on his roof. You know, he's been bringing fresh produce to the city since he was like fifteen, uh, starting out with his dad with a horse and buggy. But anyway, Mister uh, Mister uh, Okra Arthur Robinson is seventy-five. He's still doing it. Not in great health. We thought we'd do an homage, and I appreciate Lisa Potts for sending me this idea for a, an armies to Mr. Okra for New Orleans.
2: I got bell peppers, potatoes and some greens, cucumbers. I got the sweet strawberries. I got cocoa. Crescent City You hear my voice You know what it means I got uh. I got bell peppers Potatoes and some green.
5: in the name the... I'll be
2: Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio.
1: Okie folks, welcome back. Horticulture fell a rushing, job. I think uh, I got emails. I got answers to your questions. We got. <laughs> Like Job. I say,
3: like I say, I always learn something new just about every day being up here at MPB Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and I can only imagine what our listeners learn. But Mr. Okra is a very fascinating individual yeah. that I did not know until today.
1: Yeah, he's he's not doing great. He had some health uh, issues, but um, a bunch of folks chipped in uh, this past year. And as a matter of fact, this year he was named—he was uh, named as one of the personalities of the South by Southern Living magazine. Anyway, uh, a lot of his uh, people that, he, that buy uh, produce from him have uh, chipped in. They fixed up his truck. They got it back. They've uh, had a little uh, GoFundMe thing to help his health problems. So everybody loves him. Thank you, sir. Anyway, you don't want to give us a call this morning, One eight seven seven mpb We're talking about gardening, and it's a live program, One eight seven seven mpb ring Had a caller come in and help me out, and had a, a, just a brain skip there. And we were talking about Leyland Cypress. I was mentioning that as a tree that a lot of people plant for Christmas trees. Leyland Cypress, L-E-Y-L-A-N-D. It's not a real cypress. Just call that. But Leyland Cypress is... Um, Real popular with landscapers because it grows fast. It's an evergreen. It grows real, real fast. Problem is, if you plant a row of them, within just a few years, a third from the end is going to die because they get all sorts of root problems. They get all sorts of leaf problems. They get big real fast, but they start dying real fast. Uh, I learned about this when I studied Leland Cypress at Mississippi State back in the night. 19- 1970s. Nothing changed. And here's the reason. They're real popular. A lot of people have them and they enjoy them. Leyland Cypress is a hybrid between two plants. One is native to the cool coastal mountains of California, the other parent is a native to Alaska. It loves cool weather. And we have a lot of heavy rains and then it turns hot and humid. They just can't take it. So anyway, Leland cypress is commonly planted as a as a homegrown Christmas tree. It quickly outgrows the thing. So I still stick with having something like uh, decorating a little gem magnolia or even a deciduous crepe myrtle or the holly called Foster Holly. It's a pyramidal Pretty little holly, nice red berries, dark glossy green foliage. Not a stickery holly, but Foster's holly has been around a long time. It's a great, long lived, small tree, easy to decorate for Christmas. Um, anyway, if you want to give me a call, one eight seven seven M P B ring. There's a, a whole bunch of things going on right now that are not really garden related, but garden gift related. Uh, premier in Mississippi is the Craftsman's Guild thing called the uh, Mistletoe Marketplace. Not Mistletoe, what am I saying? Chimneyville, Chimneyville, Mistletoe Marketplace was last week. Chimneyville uh, is where uh, bona fide members of the Artist Guild, the Craftsman's Guild, are or, or, uh, are getting together showing their wares. Got a lot of real cool stuff. By the way, uh, Java, we came in this morning, we always walk by the... Uh, the um, headquarters of the Mississippi Wildlife and Parks, the Wildlife, Fishery, and Parks building right out here. And they've got a real scary wildlife out there, I almost ran smack into it. It's one of these garden spiders. Uh, how do you feel about spiders?
3: What is, what, no, wait a minute, see, when you give a, a spider a specific name, an uh, extra set of terra <laughs> jumps yeah. onto it. of yeah, like just a regular spider.
1: They call it garden spider, and there's only two spiders that I can tolerate. I squeal like a little girl if I just get a web on me. I run around and point at my back. Is it on me? Is it on me? I, I freak out. But uh, there's a little bitty – you've seen these little bitty hairy-looking jumping spiders. Okay. You know, and they, you know, you, they're, they're a little bitty things. They, they hop, and they're hairy. They're furry. They look like just little fur, fur balls, and you point your finger at them. They raise their legs up and say, I don't think so. You know, they got real attitude. But this garden spider is yellow and black. Body is as big as my thumb. Legs spread out like this. It's suspended in midair.
3: I've seen those. Big yellow I had, and black ones. I had one of those by my, uh, like on the corner of my house, and it, it made like a big web. Yeah. I
1: yeah. Don't,
3: They're not poisonous, no, no. No, But no. they, but they are big. And they are scary yeah, yeah. looking. Who
1: cares if it's poisonous if you die from just getting one on your face, right? <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to get another picture of it walking back after I get off the program. But anyway, it's a great thing. Right now they're getting ready for wintertime. They're very beneficial. They're beautiful. You don't have to mess with them. Just be be aware it's out there so you don't walk right smack face first into it. Let's go over to Brandon and talk with Mary. Good morning, Mary. How are you?
0: Good morning, Great Felder. I have killed numerous camellias in my time. Can you tell me when and where and how I must plant them?
1: Well, I just planted uh, three of them this past week. but I, And I do it the same way I do every... A camellia, people say, will need shade. I've seen them growing in the broiling hot, full sun, and yazoo clay. The trick is they need a wide root system. And so when I plant any kind of shrub, but particularly camellias or if I'm going to plant azaleas, you dig a hole that's ridiculously wide, about a shovel's deep. Just turn the dirt over. Uh, I'm going to say three feet across, maybe even four. And if you'll dig it just deep enough to set the plant down in it, loosen it up that wide. Uh, Mary, when you pull the plant out of the pot, it's real important. This is something landscapers skip and most gardeners skip. Pull it out of the pot, you gently loosen the potting soil and as many of the roots as you can without boogering it up too much Stir that stuff in your native dirt And then plant in that combination So you're planting in a combination of your dirt and this potting soil And it's got roots that have been loosened up And spread out a little bit And it'll do great
0: Okay, and it will tolerate shade because I have a bunch of shade.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll bloom better. They'll be thicker and have more flowers in the sun, but they bloom perfectly well in the shade too. Just uh, right. you know quite as. But uh, again, the the trick is wide hole, loosen the roots in potting soil, and then cover the ground with some leaf mulch and maybe some bark on top of that. And uh, then you know that it'll take a, the quicker it can get roots growing straight out. The quicker it's going to get established, less likely you're going to have time to kill it.
0: Great, and thank you again for your help with my Hurricane Glory Bower. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm ready to move those plants.
1: Where, where did you get that plant from?
0: Uh, I, I got it from my neighbor. She had a bunch of them growing on top of her storm shelter.
1: So apparently yeah. they're pretty tough. Yeah, this this is the one that blooms in the summertime.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of the people common don't. Common birds love it. The mm-hmm. butterflies love
1: it. Folks who, who are listening don't know what we're talking about. There's a ty- there's two kinds of dendrons, which are. I think of as Florida plants that grow perfectly well uh, in uh, central, even up in northern Mississippi Alabama and Arkansas. But the one called Clarodendron Trichotoma, I can't remember the name, Harlequin Glory Bower. Um, I got mine from Mynell Hayward, who started Mynell Garden. It has real pretty white, uh, pink calyx with white flowers in the summertime, intensely fragrant. And then the flowers drop off, and you got that pink calyx with a real pretty little blueberry on it. Great plant.
0: It is, and I'm, I'm I'm getting ready to move a bunch of them because it makes it makes babies, so I can share them. Yeah, I can for your help. Okay, that's be sure to cu- be
1: sure to cut them back when you put them in pot. So
0: yes, sir. You tell me that. Okay, Mary. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> bye bye.
1: Oh, that's one of those things where you know, loop booger up the roots, mow high, <laughs> cut it back. One of my Felderisms, I guess. Let's go up to the Delta to Greenwood. Hey, Mike, what's you what's got going on?
8: I have a fig tree about 12, 14 years old, and the, it's very erratic about what, how much fruit it produces. And yeah. not, last year was a bad year, and I don't know, didn't know why. Should I be fertilizing it now?
1: Uh, not,
8: what should I do about it uh, now, like I'll yeah. year
1: next year? Yeah, well, ke- keep in mind, I was raised with a fig tree not far from me, over in Indianola. I, I have picked fig, My children have picked figs from their great-great-grandmother's fig tree. And it's real erratic. You probably have the the variety called brown turkey, which is the most mm-hmm. uh, old common varieties. And they're they're erratic. They'll actually have a so-so crop, and then maybe a second crop. Um And and it, it's pretty variable depending on the weather we have in the springtime with the rain and the summertime with the rain. So about all you yeah. can do, uh, I would fertilize it sometime in the late winter or spring at the beginning of its growing season. But just don't be yeah. heavy. They don't need a lot of fertilizer. Okay, uh, can
8: you give me some, be really specific about how to fertilize, what to put on it, and about how much, a handful of
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, what you want to do, you want to put a handful over an area that's about, a handful of fertilizer covering an area that's probably five feet by five feet. Doesn't take much at all. If you're using commercial, you know, uh, uh, fertilizer, the stuff farmers, triple 13, triple A, that kind of stuff, doesn't take very much. Uh, just a real good dusting. And you want to put it under the outer spread of the branches, because that's where the shallow feeder roots are, you know, uh, out, out, for, out from the trunk. And, uh, yeah. so just, uh, you know, a tree that big, I would imagine probably two pounds of fertilizer, which is two pints. And if you can imagine an area that's 10 feet by 10 feet, a pint jar yeah. full will, co- will cover that just about right. That
8: sounds about right. And, uh,
1: anything else we need to cover about that? Yeah. About uh, the yeah. And what
8: well. water, about watering again Should I? They
1: like a lot of water. In the uh, i worried that I didn't water it quite enough last year. Well, see, here's the deal: figs are native to uh, to, to to the Mediterranean. They can get by. I don't think my great grandmother <laughs> watered hers ever. So uh, the trick is, they like a lot of organic matter. So if you'll get some chopped up tree leaves, got somebody who's been mowing the grass and they put bags of tree uh, of uh, of leaves out on the curb. Put that yeah. all up under outside, you know, to to give it a nice thick blanket, all completely up under there. That'll really help a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and I would only water them really, really good once or twice over the summer. That's all they okay. need. All
8: right, great. And, I, and one other question, change of subject. Uh, I've got a Ginkgo tree that I planted two years ago. Yeah. And it's a it's a it was a volunteer uh, for both great grandmother's. I don't know how many generations of uh, gecko trees. Yeah, this uh, tree has fallen, well, but this is one of them, and it's uh, it's just acting kind of puny. It may you know had leaves last year, but not too many, and uh, I don't know
1: what I can do to well, for... it. Well, for. First and foremost, keep in mind that trees are woodland creatures. They don't like to be surrounded by grass. But if you got it out in the lawn, pull the grass yep. away from it. If you hit that trunk with a lawnmower or the string trimmer one time, it can stun it for life. So pull, right. the, pull the grass back, plant you some monkey grass, punches of some leaves, something like that around the base of it. And, uh, and, and then uh, just give it a good soaking once or twice over the summer if it gets dry. And that's about all we can do. So anyway, good luck on that, man. Uh, let me see. dropped the call. I uh, got a blinking light here from Paula. Is it from Paulia or Paula? Polly. Polly from from Covington. How are you today? Over Louisiana.
0: Oh, yeah. What's Doing up? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Uh, <clears throat> I have a question. I have a hibiscus, and for the last two days, I've seen this hairy, kind of like a caterpillar, but real hairy, and then he's got like black horns coming out of the front and the back two black horns and i like to live in harmony with nature i don't <laughs> want to kill it don't. but it, it, do you know what it is is it, is it dangerous to my plants
1: no not, is it eating the leaves
0: well some of the leaves are eaten i don't know whether he did it because pro- you know i turned the leaf over that that he's own and I don't see any holes.
1: Well, so. this is if this is pretty big, it might be that it's already done. You know, eating all at once, and it's about to turn into a. If it's either a cocoon or a or a, a chrysalis, but was a, a butterfly or moth. If you see me a picture of it, I can identify it and tell you what kind of butterfly or moth is going to turn into. But it ain't okay. hurt. It ain't hurt nothing.
0: Okay, good. Then I will just leave him alone, and I'll send you
1: a picture. Give, give me a good, clear uh, picture, because it could be any one of a uh, half a dozen, I think, right off the bat. But those horns are to scare off predator birds and stuff like that.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it, he's pretty it, scary looking, yeah.
1: Well, it's working, but take me a picture <laughs> and uh, and enjoy him.
0: Okay. Thank you.
7: You bet,
1: Polly. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, and let's go to uh, Marcia in Jackson. Hey, Marcia, thanks for calling this morning. Hey, Felder,
7: uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I know you've talked about this before, but I have a bunch of azaleas in my front yard that bloom beautifully every spring, but now they're blooming this fall. And not only have they bloomed, the flowers have been on the, they're longer than they're usually on the spring.
0: Uh, what gives,
1: and can I cut them back and still have blooms in the springtime? Well, you can still have blooms if you cut an azalea back. It, it, and we have repeat blooming azaleas that are blooming yeah. uh, a lot better this year than they normally do for some reason. Uh, uh, but we also okay. have the regular ones can can bloom again in the fall if they're if they've had some stress like severe drought or something like that. So that's yeah, not unusual. Yeah. But everything you prune right now, Marsha, every single. Okay cut you make, there goes those spring flowers from that branch. So okay. other than just neaten up the really tall, scraggly stuff, I would do any overall pruning until after they finish blooming next spring.
6: Okay, so I just leave the blooms on and let them fall off. Yeah, enjoy That's them. Enjoy
1: Enjoy them. They're, they're what we call lanyap. <laughs>
6: yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> okay.
5: So,
1: nothing to it.
5: Alrighty, thank you, sir.
1: Alrighty, appreciate your call. By the way, All we... Right. Can, Okay, folks, you want to give us a call? we got time to take some more calls this morning just yakking about gardening. Horticulture's failed to rush Me and Java Chapman and Michelle Mc- McAdoo are trying to keep it all between the ditches right now. It's a beautiful weekend time to get out do a little digging around and, and all. Um, one of the things I was looking at, flowers put in my, my new little flower bed. I'm going to put some some daffodils, some kale, some violas. But also got a, a half a dozen of these wallflowers. They're Siberian wallflowers, not the English-type wallflowers. Little yellow or, or, or orangish flowers, they are great for bees and little butterflies right now. I was real surprised at the Garden Center see so, so many bees on the flowers of the Siberian wallflowers. Uh, if we have a really hard freeze, they'll get kicked back but if just like snapdragons but i'm gonna put a, about a half a dozen of those in there for some height and help out my bees i'm horticultures felder rushing we'll be back with more of the gestalt gardener hopefully your calls right after this Welcome back folks, horticulture's field rushing. Uh I planted some kale this this uh past week. I got some more to set out. I love purple kale. I love that blue uh what they call Tuscan blue or Lacinata, sometimes called dinosaur kale. They're pretty plants. They grow great. I don't care how cold it gets. It can get down to 0 degrees and it'll still do fine all winter long. Uh the stuff I got uh, about a month ago to set out one well, of those white cabbage moths laid eggs on it, and the caterpillars completely ate it up, turned it into just stems. Uh, but I noticed yesterday that they're sprouting back out, so I bought me some new ones for nothing. So I've got twice as much kale as I need. Um, Anyway, the wallflower I was mentioning, Siberian wallflower, is an upright plant, sort of like snapdragons. This is the time of year to plant these kind of things. You know, snapdragons grow over the summertime up north and in England, but they grow over the wintertime here because they don't like hot weather. They like cold weather better than they like hot weather. They just prefer cool weather. So these are some great plants. Garden centers are loaded with them right now, and if you want to set some out, it's also a great time to set out uh, some clumps of, of parsley. Parsley doesn't look like much when you put it out, but it'll make a basketball-sized clump of the prettiest, most brilliant emerald green you can imagine. It's a great companion for daffodils. It looks good in pots out in the uh, sunny porch. But uh, uh, we, we don't think of parsley as an ornamental plant, but it's a beautiful winter plant. grows fantastic. Next spring, it'll we'll send up those tall flowers. You can 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 uh, cut them. Uh, Skin them and eat them just like asparagus. Lots of stuff we can be planting right now from the camellias to uh, all sorts of spring blooming stuff. It's also a great time to get out and enjoy the fall colors. Uh, the crepe myrtles I planted in my back garden about, oh, three or four years ago, right now, uh, com- they're touching, they're, they're tall, they're probably 20 feet tall, and they are as orange as you can imagine. They're pumpkin, or- brilliant pumpkin orange colored. Crepe myrtles are seriously overlooked for fall colors. Felder. Well, we got- yes, sir. We
3: got one last call. I'm have to make it quick because we're up against the, the clock, but he wants to talk about his peach trees and... If he needs to cut them back.
1: Okay, let's let's go. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good
4: morning. I'm fine. How are you, young man? So
1: far, so good. What's up with your peach?
4: All right. This is, I, I live in northern Georgia. Yeah. Uh, about a thousand foot elevation. I planted peach trees four or five years ago. Yeah. I don't pay any attention to them. I never spray them. I never do anything. Bad boy. I get boy. peaches. I know, I know. I travel a lot. I'm in Mississippi now. That's yeah. why I'm talking to you. <laughs> well, and I, uh, I, uh, don't trim them. I never have. They get fruit on them, but I always catch a late April freeze. Yeah. When should I trim and how should I trim?
1: In the wintertime, and you see what you're doing, you've got nothing else to do, and your and your uh, well-butrin is worn off and all like that, go out and thin out the clutter. Anything that's growing inward, cut it out. You want to end up looking like if you had a peach in your hand, holding it straight up, take the peach out of your hand. That's what you want it to look like when you're done. Thin out the inward and upward stuff and make it look like it's growing outward and keep it nice and short. Just thin out all the clutter. Uh, folks, I'm your host, Phil DeRushing. Rushing. I'm going to be thinking of you all as I get out, wrap a few eyes and ends this first beautiful weekend in December. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, our uh, wonderful host today has been Sir Java Chapman appreciate it, man. And uh, Michelle McAdoo was her phone greeter. We're going to be talking about nothing but gardening every week, every Friday and Saturday, right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. If you get a chance, get out to the farmer's market, go to a garden center, get a sack full of bulbs, take a kid with you, and show them how to do what we do best. That's Get Dirty.